This week we have seen some dramatic drops in the Australian wool market. It's really a year since the historic highs of the wool market. So in this episode of The Yarn, we speak with Scott Carmody about what is really driving the wool market at the moment. And on the positive side, we also hear from a very positive Woolmark licensee, an Australian Woolmark licensee who has a very optimistic view of wool into the future. Hello and welcome to The Yarn. My name's Marius Cumming. My apologies for the man flu sound. It's uh, the season for it. So let's talk about the market because it hasn't been a fantastic uh, return to sales after three week uh, recess and uh, AWI's trade consultant Scott Carmody spoke with Mark Scott about what was happening this week. Yes, it wasn't wasn't pretty at all, Mark. We um, out valuing pre-sale. We sort of uh, we're prone to have a chat and just sound each other out as as exporters trying to find out you know what's what's going on. And unfortunately, it was all negative on Monday when we first came back. You know, we've been away for three weeks. Everyone's had a bit of a rest, but um, that's not a rest by purpose. There was just no business to be done. So, and everyone sort of reported the same thing come Monday morning that. Um, yeah, there was absolutely zero merino fleece uh, business being written. There was a smattering of business amongst the cardings and the carbonising types at the lowest possible price of the merino types. So there is a bit of a flaw in the market, if you like. But um, yeah, the, the activity on the merino fleece sector in particular was, was absolutely abysmal. Um, it's, it's probably the worst off-season as far as trading and being able to source new business done for, for many a year. Um, and unfortunately, Mark, it's, it's all about things uh, or issues and factors away from wool. It's, it's you know, bigger picture items like the global economy, the Brexit, the, you know, the foot and mouth ongoing saga out of South Africa. All of these things are just combining, you know, conspiring almost against the, 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 the Australian wool price. And you know, we're doing our best here. Um, you know, we're producing our... Our fibre in very tough circumstances and um, you know, across half the nation is probably drought affected and has been for many a year now. So you know, it's, it's, it's just disappointing, disappointing result. Yeah, it is. It's cause for concern um, and, and it is tough to take, when, like you say, if it's external, um, external issues, hard for us to control. Mm. So a lot of what I'm hearing is um, there's a bit of commentary around the China-US uh, trade, uh, whether that's true or not, and and just low, generally low confidence in the retail sector, and it, it's we're seeing it impact us. Hundred percent, and that's um, of all those other reasons I've, I've stated. I, I think the China, you know, U.S. trade imbalance dispute is is number one. It's yep. it's totally deflated the you know not only the you know the confidence in wool buying and, and wool processing and manufacturing. It's just destroyed any sort of confidence going forward for, for most industries, as far as I understand. And and it's you know un, until this is settled, this is going to you know play out poorly for for most. You know, wool's not unique. You know, we're, we're suffering as other products are suffering. And and being a beholden to China, uh, one of the parties at you know at war with each other, if you like, um, we're, we're going to continue to be affected until these people sort it out. And you know, 25% tariff, then a further 10% tariff on, on textile goods. It's it's just, it's just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah it doesn't work. Yeah, and it's, so I understand it. We're not uh, 
covered by that tariff on textile goods, but it has implications for us, is yeah. that right? That, that's correct, yeah. If we produce textiles here, we could go into the United States at very, very much as a 6% tariff. Yeah. Um, not completely free, but you know, if, if any greasy wool that we... And the United States still does buy a little bit of greasy wool off us, and, and that goes in tariff-free. So we've got a very good relationship directly with the United States. It's just that, unfortunately, 76% of our wool is going for manufacture to um, China. And if you like, it's it's 15% of the Australian wool clip, basically thereabouts, that's a rough figure, but about 15% of our clip ends up in the retail shops in the United States. So it's not a massive figure, but what's happening at the moment is the trade war has depressed the local domestic Chinese economy. Sixty percent of what we've been supplying to China has stayed in China for the last ten odd years. Um, that's a premium market, surprisingly. So, uh, for manufacturers in China to sell domestically is a premium price. Um, a lot of the other product they make ends up in Europe at a premium price, and traditionally, that fifteen percent that the states buys is, is not that important to them in as far as get, obtaining a, a premium above the cost of production. Mm-hmm. So it's generally used, because the United States is such a competitive market, everyone wants to sell to the, the States, it becomes a bit of a dumping ground for wool. So, or textiles, I should say, not wool, for textiles. And so, for example, if they sell half their product domestically, a quarter of their product, and they can't sell the other quarter of their product, generally gets dumped into the States. Yeah. Cash the money in, get some cash back, go again, buy some wool from Australia, and the, and the cycle continues. That 25%, 30% is not getting um, cashed in, if you like. And so the cash component is getting much, much weaker. Um, and that and that's causing problems so that they're holding stock, they're not able to get rid of uh, products, so they're heavily discounted locally and take losses. So And this, this is just not workable for going forward. Um, and the, what the biggest hindrance to us at the moment is because um, the... the the method of buying from Australia has been for the last three to four years is, is hand in mouth. Mm-hmm. So the factories over there would barely have, I would say, three to four weeks worth of wool, if any at all, but they can't see a way forward. They can't see a sale. They can't get a sale into the States, into the Europeans or into their domestic market. So they are at a standstill. They are, the Chinese manufacturers in general are just as confused and just unknowing as what we are here yeah, in Australia. It's, it's really unfortunate and not something, um, you know, if we, if we look back in 12 months, not something we predicted, no one really thought no. we were going to end no. up in, in these circumstances. Um, yeah, no. and, and like you say, it's not just the wool industry, it's it's huge ec- economic impact. It is a global, yeah. it is a global problem, but um, no, no, 12 months ago, we Almost to the week, like um, this time last year, we, we, we've hit a 21.16 yeah. record EMI, and now this week we're at 16.76. Now, um, obviously at 21.16 on the EMI, we're all ecstatic, you know, we're all pumping along, and, and you know, many people saying 2,500, here we come. And yeah. Then, but, um, I, I will touch on that, though. In terms of the historical wool price, we're, you know, where we're at now is still uh, quite, quite good um, if we look at our, you know, five, ten-year averages? Yeah, yeah. The hardest thing to take is where it's come from. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, if we look at it, and it's still a production enterprise, um, to get that value, I mean, we're still seeing merino fleeces, you know, $13, $14 for good yield wool, greasy. 
um, to do the grower. You know, if they cut all right, they're, they're still going to get you know pretty good money uh, across production. Um, the lower edge of the clip is obviously depressed. Um, the carding market is is at the lowest point it's been for a number of years, um, and the skirtings is, is is not what it was either. So. Yeah, with seventy-five to eighty percent of a clip being made up in merino fleece, and the you know the twenty twenty-five percent being on the oddman side, it does affect the averages. So we're seeing much lower averages than we were at this time last year. But you you are right. Yes, historically these are pretty good percent old yeah. bands we're still running in compared to the last five and then the previous ten years to that. Yeah, I take um, your point though. It's you know from from where we've come, it's hard. It's hard a hard to take. field to swallow. Yeah. Um, and then. Before I let you go, we, we were talking supply and, you know, production is down. Um, well, previously we've been talking about supply. Production is down in our biggest wool growing state, New South Wales. Um, in, in, term, in, in the buying world, are we are people still talking about the, this supply or is it really with this yeah. US trade, um, China battle, it's, it's turned to a demand, a demand yeah. type conversation? I, th- I think, yes. Uh, people are aware of the supply situation and they're very concerned and they you know they, they do feel for the you know the, the the wool growers that have hung in there i mean feeding sheep for 18 months and two that's a big commitment yeah, it's, you know, it's financially tough. and mentally that's a big commitment um and and the wool world is, is they do understand that you know it is not an easy job growing wool sheep that that, that is for sure um but i think what this highlights is that you know without demand supply is irrelevant Mm-hmm. And I think that the supply uh, versus demand argument, or not argument, but as a tool, yes, it's very effective on a, on, on a, on a normalised situation. Um, but I think what we're seeing at the moment, and particularly with China being such a, a large manufacturing base and holding 70, 75%, you know, if they burp over there, it's like causing a tidal wave yeah. around. So if, if they're burping, we're getting a tidal wave back here. And I think that's why the market reacts so harshly. You know, mm-hmm. That's why we've fallen from 21.16 down to 16.76 this week. It, it's, it's just when they stop, they don't know what to do. And they're not doing it on purpose, I believe. I think that they are looking for orders. They're trying, they just can't extract it. And the retail situation, I think everyone's just holding the money in their pockets until things are a bit clearer. I mean, over in Europe, they've got the Brexit issue. You know, they don't, that's unclear. What happens there? That no one knows. And... It, it, it doesn't seem to be able to clear itself up. The trade war doesn't seem to be able to clear itself up. The foot and mouth in South Africa doesn't seem... So the whole global situation where we're, we're one step back from, but it certainly impacts upon us. So it, as I said earlier, we're not directly related to all this, but by gee, we're getting we're getting caught because of it. Yeah, and until yeah, these yeah, the jokers, fix it there. Yeah, they've, they've just got to fix it up. You know, yeah. These global leaders, they've just got to fix these things up and... Whether it's been done on purpose or not, I don't understand why they you know, can't sort such things out um, these days. Um, obviously, the states has got a real issue with the trade imbalance with China. Sorted out. Um, obviously, there is a foot and mouth. It's a disease outbreak in South Africa. Sorted out. You know, and and the you know the people in Europe, you know, they've, they've, in the UK, they voted to get out of Europe. You know, sort it out. Get it done. You know, move on. And yeah, it's easy to say, I know. But yeah, it's yeah, frustrating. No, it's so frustrating. In, yeah. in, insightful to see the, um, you know, what these real global implications are, mm. and yeah. you know, all the periphery impacts of it. Are, yeah. It's quite shocking sometimes. But anyway, Scotty, thanks for joining us no, on the yarn. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll tune in with you next time. Cheers, you, Australian Wool Innovations trade consultant Scott Carmody speaking there with Mark Scott. 
Well, we go from the rather pessimistic view of the market to an optimistic view of the future. And at the recent Australian Sheep and Wool Show in Bendigo, I caught up with Woolmark licensee XTM. They've got a great success story to tell. Manager and owner Paul Manders is very optimistic about the future for wool in the active outdoor and ski market. He explained a little about the history of his company. Well, XGM started in 1999. We're based down in Torquay on the surf coast of Victoria. Um, we started off making snow accessories, gloves, beanies, neck warmers. That branched out into garments um, and footwear. Then the mid-layer, sorry, the base layer. Uh, initially with polyprobe, and we brought in a one-by-one rib merino, which was fairly coarse, like wearing fine sandpaper against the skin. Over the course of the last 10 years, we've changed the construction of that, so we've moved to a 20 micron uh, interlock uh, garment for our base layers, introduced a 170 weight um, active t-shirt, and even down to the underwear, the next to skin underwear, so we do for the males and females. So, in the last few years, we've been pushing the merino product as it's growing, the demand's growing internationally and also domestically. It's been exponential growth domestically. It's been one of the hardest markets to crack here in Australia because I still remember wearing the old uh, marine, the wool football jumper and how the itch against the skin, the, the woolen pants when we went bushwalking. It's certainly come a long way from those days. Um, the Europeans are a little bit more switched on, but we're now getting that level of demand coming through in Australia. We're becoming more educated with the, the natural fibre and the, the performance um, they use at Merino can bring. Now, you're selling yourself a little bit short too because you, you also sponsor the Australian Winter Olympic uh, team. Tell us a bit about uh, what that involves. Okay, well, so we've been sponsoring the Australian Winter Olympic team since 2006. Um, we've had many medals. I can't remember the count. I think it's nearly 10 medals at Olympic level. Gold, silver, bronze. We've had, uh, I think it's, we're 13 world champions now wearing our gear in international competition. So with the Olympics, we sponsor them in a number of categories, footwear, gloves, um, luggage, and base layers. So the base layer that they all choose is the merino wool, of course, because why would you use anything else? Um, and it's been a partnership since 2006 and hopefully will carry on uh, many years to come. And what sort of feedback do you get from the athletes? Because I dare say they, they tell you a bit about how it's performed. Yeah, the athletes is, uh, that's one of the core competencies of, of XGM, the, the feedback we get from our athletes using the product at international levels. Um, they they bring us back um, messages of whether it be fit, whether it be uh, nets, um, of what they're experiencing in, in competition, and we then incorporate it into our product range. What's an example of that? Uh, well, the fit would be one of the most things. We, are, we, we had a very tight, tight-fitting uh, garment. It was a one-by-one rib, and it was like, as I said, it was very itchy. They, they preferred something a lot softer against the skin. Um, particularly as you start to sweat up a bit, the, with uh, early fibre, it started. The more, more you heat it up, the itchier it came. So we've moved to that one by, uh, sorry, the interlock um, knit, and it's been insane growth since then. The um, the mid layers, they're looking for mid layers, and 
what I'm wearing today is something that we brought out this year, which is a nice lightweight mid-layer that incorporates underneath a shell jacket. Um, so as they're hiking up mountains, they're not overheating. It's got something that's going to pass the moisture through the fabric and out into the atmosphere. So. Now, the, uh, we know that the, uh, the growth in uh, merino demand at sportswear has been uh, quite considerable and, and active outdoor wear. Do you see that uh, continuing? Because uh, it has been growing at a fair rate of knots, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, anyone who participates in any outdoor activity or physical activity where you're going to work up, I can see it growing. You know, we see the growth in you know, the active wear um, from gym to coffee shop and all that sort of stuff. It's essentially synthetic, but as we start to get the technologies to get that lightweight, super stretchy uh, merino that's not going to bag out too much, I see that as being a, a major growth area. Uh, we're seeing it in, in you know, what we're wearing in outdoor, you know, going hiking and, uh, with merino bag liners, with our technical fabrics. You know, the fact that you can wear the one set of garments for a seven-day walk is, is just pushing it to the level. The, what you're wearing, Maris, is the thing that's intriguing me is the, the new Optum Fabrics. You know, it's a shower-proof shell uh, jacket and it's uh, 100% merino. So that kind of stuff is, is really going to be pushing the, the level. Um, and where we're going with XTM, with the insulation as well. So we're using merino as an insulation layer inside instead of a polyfill insulation in our ski jackets and our ski gloves. We're using merino. Um, it's sustainable. It has a lot better um, cap capabilities of keeping the warmth when it gets wet. And in Australian's outdoor uh, alpine conditions, you generally are going to experience wet weather. If you go up to the mountains for a three-day trip, probably two days are going to be wet. Um, that's just the nature of being in the Southern Alps. Now I haven't I haven't shown you the board shorts yet, have I? No, I'm looking forward to seeing the board um, shorts. Okay, well, let me just uh, I'll, I'll actually get them out of the jacket here. So, Paul, um, this is the outer known Woolaroo board shorts, designed uh, made made for uh, Kelly Slater's Kelly Slater's board shorts. Now, what do you what do you make of that? Do you, does does the Optum fabric work in a board short? I think it would. Uh, it'd be quite. A, Interesting to wear this. Um, I'm sure some of the guys down in Torquay would love to test this out. Um, quite funny because back in the day when surfing first started in Victoria, they used to wear a football jumper, woolen football jumper, instead of a wetsuit because wetsuits hadn't been come around then. So we're really going back to <laughs> grassroots and in, in what they're wearing. Um, this looks so flexible. It looks like it would wick away and dry very quickly, which is quite important. Yeah, it's interesting. I... I, I initially thought well why would you wear um, uh, such a fabric would it work and uh, I, I spoke to a surfer yesterday and they said well yeah it does because it would dry so quickly quick drying yeah um, and I see something like this too in walk pants in you know if you're going hiking um, we've generally got the, the zip off cotton pants um, something like in this fabric would be absolutely magnificent for that fast yeah. drying feels so comfortable in there, so I would like to be uh, like, I wonder if Kelly would spring me a pair. <laughs> well, I heard uh, I've got to catch up with Warren Russell, who actually sent him a direct direct message. Kelly Slater apparently is quite um, notorious for returning every uh, message that is sent to him on social media. 
And Warren Russell from Melrose uh, Marino Stud actually sent him a message saying, why don't you have a go at building a board short using this new fabric? And guess what? Here it is. It's because um, he's, a, he's a man that is on the sustainability path. Um, so Kelly is very environmentally conscious. Um, so it's not surprising that he'd come out with something like this. It feels, it really does feel good and it looks good. And it looks insane. So you know, kudos to Kelly. Um, I'd like to have him down and... Uh, well, that's yeah. Maybe we should get to share away. And, uh... <laughs> anyway, enough about out and own. Let's yeah. hear a bit more about XTM. Where do you see it going in the future? Well, this the fabric that you've just put out here is, is something that I really see in the future, and also with the bonded, uh, what we can do with bonded uh, fabrics. What so does that mean? Bonded is where I can take a, a really highly waterproof outer layer fabric. Um, and then bonding it with a merino uh, layer next to the next to the skin or next to mid-layer garment. Yeah. So, getting that comfort. So, uh, the one problem with the merino optum fabric is it's not waterproof. It's a showerproof fabric. If I can get a wa- fully waterproof, let's say a, a three-layer fabric, so I've got a, a really durable outer layer with a membrane and then the merino lining. I think that's going to be a game changer. I know there's some brands in Europe that are currently working on that development. Um, I see us, XTM, doing an Australian version of that in the not too distant future. Uh, even though you, t- so just to, with regards to that, so you have a fully waterproof outer layer and then a merino inner layer. Does that, does the fact that that um, is, it, it can't breathe or wick, is that a problem well, you, or not? No, you have the, the, the outer layer is still breathing, so you have a membrane between the outer layer and the, mer- right. and the merino layer, so that's going to help you breathe, so imagine oh, it's like go- uh, like a Gore-Tex fabric, yeah. it's layers of Between the two, yeah. yeah. So, fine, fine, fine mesh on the, on the outer surface, one allowed to water drop it through, of course, mess, mesh on the inside, oh, which will right. allow So you get the best of both worlds. Best, best of both worlds, and you get that merino, so it's even though you are sweating because you do sweat in outdoor activities particularly up in the hills uh, even though you're sweating it can absorb up to about 35 percent plus of it of sweat moisture without letting the cold in you know so i see that as being a huge technical um innovation coming out also in footwear with our our apray ski boots i see a and uh our marina being used as a internal um, insulation layer and even within the boot itself. Uh, a colleague of yours, Julie Davis, yep, showed Julie me Davis, many years yep. ago uh, some merino, instead of the Sherpa lining of the boot, some merino wool that have been, that they've been working on. So it'll be interesting to see where that pans out in the not too distant future. Fantastic. Well, um, Paul, finally, where do people find uh, XTM? If people are wanting to, uh, to support an Australian company that's been at the forefront of this, that obviously loves, uh, obsessed with merino wool, where do people find your product? You can find our product at any good snow and uh, outdoor store within Australia and New Zealand, or look for us online at xtm.com.au. XTM, that's xtm.com.au. Oh, well, Paul, um, it's always a pleasure to see you. Congratulations on your your great success and uh, looking forward to ongoing success. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having a yarn today. Thanks, Maurice, and it's great working with Walmart as you guys have been part of our success. That's Paul Manders there from XTM, a great success story 
for Australian retailing and well worth supporting if uh, you're looking for some very innovative woolen products. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode of The Yarn. It's been a bit of the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, Certainly the market is very ugly at the moment. We can only hope that uh, trade tensions improve. Um, The good, of course, was Paul Manders, and uh, I'm afraid my voice has been uh, pretty bad today, so apologies for the the, the man flu sound, but it it is very much the season. We're getting uh, quite a lot of feedback through the yarn at wool.com, so please uh, continue to send that in. We do chase those ideas and thoughts up. Um, But once again, thank you very much for your company from me, Marius Cumming. Thanks for having a yarn with us.